Hi, and welcome to Your Own Podcast, a podcast for the Ontario Animal Health Network. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, Ontario Animal Health Network Coordinator, um, and I'm joined today by Dr. Andrea Jones-Bitten, veterinarian and associate professor of epidemiology at the Ontario Veterinary College. So, so welcome, Andrea. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about um, producer mental health and some of the really interesting, and I'm going to call it groundbreaking work with producer mental health that you're doing. And I, I think it was um, we wanted to share this as part of our two-part series on veterinary mental health and then some of the neat work that you're doing with producer mental health. So thanks so much for agreeing to be here. Oh, thanks for having me. So do you want to tell us a bit about the work that you're doing and some of the background? and Sure thing. thing. As you mentioned, we started a, a research program on looking at mental health in veterinarians last year. And we also had growing concerns um, about the possibility of producers struggling with mental health. Um, it seems that many of us know uh, stories or have heard anecdotally of producers uh, who have suffered. And when we went to the literature to look at what are the Canadian statistics on mental health in, in our farmers, we were surprised by a relative lack of literature. Hmm. Um, there is more being done in Australia and in the UK around mental health in farmers, uh, but less so here at home. And so we started a study last fall, September 2015, to get some baseline data on mental health of our producers. Um, and from that, we now have some data that have um, that are, are showing it is a concern, it is something that we should be looking at, and now we can help move forward to help address some of the issues that, that we're seeing. Okay, great. So you did a survey, is that right? And That's can right. you tell us how you went about collecting this information? Sure thing. So we launched the survey September 2015 at the Outdoor Farm Show. Uh, it was originally um, meant for Ontario livestock producers, mm -hmm. but we quickly found, it was an online survey, and we quickly found that there were producers from outside of Ontario mm -hmm. and producers from non-livestock um, industries that were wanting to participate in the survey. And so we modified... So you mean like horse people or like... Uh, and, and crops and horticulture, oh, okay. fruits and vegetable growers. Okay. Um, and so we, we modified our ethics to expand the survey to Canada-wide and producers from, from any commodity hmm. group. Um, and so that ran from September to the end of January 2016. And we used a number of validated mental health scales to look at uh, perceived stress, depression, anxiety, burnout, um, resilience, and uh, help-seeking behaviors. And then we had a number of questions looking at um, farming type, demographic questions, uh, lifestyle factors, so that we can look to see whether certain groups are more at more or lowered risk for mm -hmm. mental health. Um, and then we had a number of open-ended questions asking producers if they felt comfortable to describe some of the stresses they're mm -hmm. experiencing, uh, whether they've accessed any supports for mental health, and what supports they'd like to see made available. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so actually, a question, a follow-up question that came from our veterinary podcast um, mm -hmm. from another veterinarian, they wondered how you can determine the status of mental health from a survey. That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. So these these are all validated scales that are used in the mental health literature. Um, it's important to note that they're screening tools, so they're not diagnostic instruments. Um, they're screening tools that help... Um, uh, classify whether or not somebody is likely to be affected, say, by depression or by anxiety. Any diagnosis of a mental health condition should be done with a qualified mm -hmm. mental health professional, though. 
Okay, so it kind of compares you to is there a is there a population that it compares you to like a exactly yeah people who are in perfect mental health or like the average population? <laughs> yep. So most of the scales it varies by scale. Most of the scales have been done with a large sample from the general population, okay. and so you get a distribution of of results. And then um, not all of the scales. Some of the scales have cut points. So if you score it above or below a given cut point, you're classified as being normal or borderline or um, having an abnormally high, say, mm-hmm. depression score or anxiety score. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, that's great for information to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about what you found. Right. We need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, perhaps not unexpectedly to people who work with producers, uh, we did find uh, high levels of perceived stress. So okay. 45% of our producers, we had responses from just over 1,100 producers across Canada, and uh, about 45% of them were in the high stress category for perceived stress um and so that that was um quite surprising to see that degree of stress Mm -hmm. presented um nearly 60 percent of our producers were met some level of classification for anxiety um so 25 percent were in the mild category 25 percent in moderate and eight percent in severe anxiety categories Hmm. um so quite a bit there Um, And then for depression, we found uh, over one-third, 35% of our producers met some classification for depression, uh, 20% mild, 12% moderate, and 3% severe. Hmm. Now, uh, as I mentioned, there are lots of different scales that can be used to to measure stress and and anxiety and depression. Um, We compared our results to other studies of of producers done in the world that use the exact same scales. Okay. Uh, And our results were higher uh, than studies in the UK and in Norway. Now, there is a time difference between those scales. So those were done over a decade ago. So um, they're not from the same time period. Um, Regardless, I think they're high enough that it, it's pretty indicative that, yeah. you know, there are some producers who are struggling and, and we ought to be doing more so to help address So you said it. they're higher. Is it like a lot higher or just a- uh, Yeah, it depends on, on the outcome, but they're about two to two and a half times higher Whoa. than, than what, what we've seen. Wow, so even with, even with correcting for the times have changed and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, that still seems... Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so one of the great questions that we get about this is um, with any survey research, your results depend on who participates. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you might say, well, is it just the depressed or just the anxious people who are choosing to complete sure, the yeah. survey? Um, so um, our, our psychologists on team uh, have said that if somebody is clinically depressed or clinically anxious, they consider them to actually be less likely oh. to complete a survey. Um, but that is a, a valid concern that we wanted to look at. So we don't have non-responder data to compare it to. Um, so what we did was looked at um, the results by time. So let's assume that hypothesis is true and that it's only the people who are affected that are filling out the survey. You would expect the people at the tail end of time to have lower anxiety mm-hmm. or depression than the ones at the beginning. So we're kind of using that tail end as a surrogate for non-responder. Sure. And we found no association between uh, depression and anxiety hmm. with time of survey. So yeah. that doesn't appear to be the case. Um, it was also the case for the, the study in uh, veterinarians and the big study of UK vets. Yeah. It was the same thing. There was no association there. So it doesn't appear uh, to be 
um, supported that right. hypothesis. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that would be a question mm. that would come up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a valid one, as I say. Yeah. yeah. So... I guess that, so knowing those statistics, then mm-hmm. it does seem like something that veterinarians should really keep an eye out for then uh, and should Absolutely. be aware. Um, and oftentimes as, a, as an ambulatory veterinarian, you're kind of seeing the producer on their own turf. Um, mm-hmm. And so you may or may not, I guess you may or may not be more likely to see that, but I often find that you are more likely to see, um, you know, kind of see them in their home behavior, I suppose, because Absolutely. you're on their, you're on their home farm. Yeah. And, and we've spoken with some producers um, who say, you know, they very rarely get off farm. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're often working in social isolation. And so the people that they do see are, um, you know, reps from the feed companies or the seed companies and their veterinarians that are coming out or the right. other industry groups, right? Um, truck drivers or things mm-hmm. like that. So um, I think vets and those industries support people, um, you know, play a pretty important role in, in their relationship with producers and could be um, a great person to notice. Uh, signs of of struggle amongst producers and and just offering um you know a, a few minute discussion to mm-hmm. talk about how things are going could make a really big difference right mm-hmm. um so what signs should they look out for so um uh, Change, change in uh, affect or behavior or cognition, the ABCs as, as they call it. So if you just notice that somebody um, is, is really not themselves, everybody has an off day. But uh, if, you, if you notice a, a very large change in, in how somebody uh, appears to be doing or a prolonged change, you know, this is the second or third time I've come out to the farm um, and, I, and I've noticed that um, he, he looks depressed or she looks depressed um, or they just don't seem to have the spark that they used to have. Perhaps you're noticing things around the, the farm are not looking as as organized or as up to standard as they normally are. Uh, noticing large changes in, in animal hygiene, for example, mm. or farm hygiene can also be another way of looking of, of looking for that. So lack of attention to their personal care and to their animals they care and, for or their farm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just saying, I, I notice you haven't seemed yourself the last couple of visits, you know, how are, how are things going? Mm-hmm. And, and for a lot of people, um, I think most people want to help. We just feel very uncomfortable with opening up a conversation about mental health. It seems like a very daunting conversation yeah, to have. It could be a pretty, pretty hard thing to open a conversation yeah, with, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just something as simple as, I notice you kind of haven't been yourself. How are things going? Can, you know, the, somebody can choose to take that invi- invitation to talk, or they might choose not to, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but I think offering that that opportunity is really important. Okay. And then, yeah, I guess as far as, uh, so if they do, uh, if they do state a problem or there is a Mm -hmm. need for help, what should veterinarians be aware of? Like, where should they turn to? Because I know um, in previous conversations with you, you've noted that it, it sometimes is a bit tricky to get um, appropriate rural help or help for producers. It is. Because of their specific needs. Yep, it is for sure. Um, and and I think um, 
what's important here is is by recognizing sometimes as veterinarians um, we think we can do it all (laughs) and I think it's important that we recognize our role so um, if you're not a mental health professional you probably should not be providing mental health care Um, so (laughs) sound advice (laughs) yeah Um, so what is important is is letting somebody know that that um, this is normal Mm -hmm. right everybody struggles depression anxiety are not things to to be ashamed of Um, it's just a fact of life, just like any other physical ailment and then helping bridge that person to support. Mm -hmm. So helping address any concerns they might have about seeking support and then finding, um, uh, uh, appropriate resources for them. Um, the Canadian mental health association on their website has, uh, uh, an area where you can search for care for people by a geographical area. Um, and so you could say, you know, I'm going to look into this and perhaps I can provide you with some phone numbers or I can provide you with a website that you might uh, contact. I think you're absolutely right. Um, resources for producers uh, in some rural areas are lacking. Um, there's also concerns I've heard from producers about confidentiality in small towns and, and yeah. um, you know, are, are people going to quote unquote find out that I'm, I'm seeking help for mental health? Um, and we also need to recognize that producers are a unique group of individuals and some of the recommendations that we might make for other people might not apply to producers. So, you know, some people have said, I talked to my family doctor about it and they said, you know, I needed to take two or three weeks off. Well, but, that's yeah. just not possible sure, for yeah. um, our farmers. So. Uh, one of our next steps in the project, um, or in the research program rather, is to develop a mental health literacy training program that's unique for Canadian agriculture. Mm-hmm. So the Mental Health Commission of Canada has a terrific mental health uh, first aid program um, that I would recommend anybody take um, to speak with anyone or to help increase your knowledge about mental illnesses and to increase your skills and confidence in being able to talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- I think that's a great step for people to take. Um, it's it's a two day currently. It's a, a two day program, um, which is going to be very hard for farmers to get two days off farm to go do a mental health training program. So and hard for veterinarians too. Absolutely yeah. hard for veterinarians. Hard for anybody, um, and and particularly. Um, I think vets and, and producers. So what we'd like to do is is create a mental health literacy program that is unique for Canadian vets and Canadian agriculture, um, that can can recognize the uh, differences that need that need to be made or accounted mm-hmm. for. Um, so the, the mental health literacy program is, is one of our next steps. And then also um, looking at producers who have struggled in the past, we know with some recent outbreaks like PEDV and avian influenza, uh, that some producers um, felt there were not adequate supports there to address their mental health. Mm-hmm. Great supports for limiting disease spread and for animal welfare, but perhaps not as much for producer mental well-being Um, and so what we'd like to do is is work with those producers to understand what they were going through did they seek help 
Um, if they did, how did they find that service provision? And if they didn't, why didn't they? Yeah, so what, what could be better? What could exactly. be made better? Sure. What are the motivations and barriers there? Um, and then use that information to help develop an emergency response model for our producers during mm. those times of crisis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's so that, so you mentioned the Canadian Mental, Mental Health Association. Is there, um, so yeah, as far as so that would be your first recommendation for people to look up that to if they were thinking that there was a producer that had an issue or are there other resources that you can think of that would be helpful or uh, the Canadian Mental Health um, Commission of Canada. Sorry, uh, it has yeah, it has a great uh, link um, that you can put in any geographical area and it'll provide mm-hmm. you with with the the resources that are in that area because again, it does it does right. depend yeah. Um, and as far as referring them to somebody, would you recommend saying start start with your family doctor or start with like a counselor or start with a psychologist or there's yeah. there's lots of different people that could help. Mm-hmm. And I think it would depend. Um, your your recommendation would depend on on what you you know about the area that they're in, right? right. And and it's going to depend a lot on the the person's comfort. Um, you know, some people don't even have family doctors, so it's difficult yeah. to even say go talk to your family yeah. doctor. Um, so I think it's it's very situation dependent. Okay. Um, I I personally have found that um, it's not so much an issue with people not being able to know how to go about finding help. Um, For me, I found um, a a big sort of hurdle that we need to talk about is that it's okay, Mm -hmm. right? That it's okay to help, that you're not abnormal because you've been, you know, having some downtime or because you're having panic attacks or anxiety attacks, right? Um, I think when people realize that they're not alone, that this isn't, um, anything to be ashamed of. I think yeah. once that barrier has has been lowered, um, it, that's the first step is is getting through that barrier. I think. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that sounds that's fantastic. So we can post those links as well on our podcast oh, page, so we can mm-hmm. so people can bookmark them or save them in their phone or what have you, because that might be helpful. Excellent. Okay, very good. And so the next step for your work you mentioned was working with um, producers, kind of doing like profiles almost, uh, not profiles, I suppose, but. It sounds mm-hmm. kind of creepy, but <laughs> yeah. So gathering more um, data. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're using a, a mixed methods approach. So we're going to be doing some key informant interviews with mm-hmm. producers uh, to understand their their lived experience of of um, uh, agricultural crisis, but as well as their own mental well being during times of relative calm. Right, their everyday occupational stresses and things. Looking at their help seeking behaviors. Uh, looking at what resources they think should should be present and then helping to develop that mental health literacy program and emergency response. Um, I'm a veterinarian and an epidemiologist. I am by no means a mental health professional um, and I really believe in the power of collaboration and mm-hmm. so we're putting together a terrific team um, so that we've got all of our bases covered. So we've got producers and veterinarians, um, uh, agricultural industry, government, um, mental health workers so we've got psychologists we've got social workers rural family health teams um, and so it's really important that we bring all of those uh, experts together so that we can you know develop something that's going to be um, 
methodologically sound, uh, but also practical and relevant Mm -hmm. and likely to be used. Okay. Oh, and one other quick question. As far Mm -hmm. as, um, I know it's certainly, um, it can be a concern to to, for money to be able to seek counseling and things like that. So mm. is there, are there resources that you're aware of um, that would help to ease the, like the financial discomforts of, of having to seek counseling? Again, that's so highly dependent on your area. Um, there is, uh, like for example, in Wellington area, there's 24-7, which is a great program. Okay. It's available 24-7, um, and that's uh, telephone uh, help. So there are, depending on what area you're, you're in, um, there are helplines that, mm-hmm. that might be useful. Um, one of the things that we'd like to see developed from this is um, uh, help provision from people who know, people who understand vet med and people who understand agriculture. Right. Um, and so uh, our social worker on the team is is um, uh, a big proponent of peer helping mm-hmm. and so peer-to-peer counseling. So um, one of our long-term goals is to be able to train uh, farmers to, to help other farmers. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, it works with almost every other type of learning, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So that's right. <laughs> we learn from our friends, don't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, yeah. Cause I was just thinking about that cause it certainly mm-hmm. uh, can be expensive sometimes depending mm-hmm. on where you are and what you're seeking. So yes. I know some family health teams will offer, um, reduced, reduced fees depending on your income and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think again, it depends on it's, your area, it's right? It's so dependent. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking it up. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, th- is there anything else that you wanted to add, Andrea? Well, I think that's great. Thanks okay. so much for, thank you for bringing attention to this. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Me too.